Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. And welcome into episode 69 of Kayfabe Council, nice. the show where we review and critique news topics and segments in the world of professional wrestling. My name is Brady Tony, and alongside me, as always, is the good brother, CF Joker. Joker, what's crack, man? What's going on? I promise we're not childish at all, but, you know, sometimes needs must, and you, you always have to go nice. As Childish Gambino once said, 69 is the only dinner for two, so we just have to always appreciate the number. It's quite a unique number, shall we say, sometimes referred to as a nice number, but yeah, we're 69 episodes in, nice. But yeah, it's one of those things, It's uh, we didn't think all these months and over a full year that we'd make it this far so it's a very nice kind of semi milestone if you will to make it up to this number so appreciate everybody coming along with us joker you ever think we'd get this far no but we'll be done after five because we get bored of it or just you know it wouldn't be tenable but you know we're here 69 episodes in we're very close to 100 at that point you know so there you go so it's definitely a milestone to hit we are closer to 100 than we are at zero. So, hey, it is what it is. Appreciate everybody listening and, and joining in. Let us know your favorite. Uh, hit us up with your favorite nice uh, comment there. But, yeah, this week uh, was certainly quite interesting uh, for sure. Uh, today, in this week's episode, excuse me, we're going to be doing a little bit of an older school kayfabe council episode, a little bit of a, a week in review. So we're covering just a couple of topics, just going over some of the highlights. Uh, touching on a bunch of things and yeah so just kind of getting the vibe getting the groove hopefully you are enjoying your monday afternoon or evening whenever you're listening and watching of that actually want to appreciate and send a huge thanks out to everybody we surpassed a thousand plays slash downloads on the audio portion of the podcast here of course available on apple music spotify Stitcher, all the places, Spotify, you know, iHeartRadio, all the deals, wherever you get your podcast from. So thank you so much for giving us a listen uh, on the audio side. Appreciate everybody. 100%. All right. So with that, we're going to kick into the episode proper. Uh, let's get into it now. As a reminder, you can find us in video form at youtube.com slash Council. And in audio form, wherever you get your podcast from. On this week's episode, we look at Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso, top team in WWE. WWE going all in for NXT. AEW Dynamite title Tuesday recap, as well as a SmackDown summation. I tried to go with uh, some alliterations there. Some worked, some didn't. But yeah, we're just going to go, like we mentioned, a little bit of the bigger topics over the course of the week, give our thoughts and impressions, see what you also think as well. But, coming up first. Cody Rhodes, Jey Uso, top team in the WWE. Hot dang, Joker, my man. What a week for the American Nightmare, Mr. Cody Rhodes, as well as the main eventist of main event, Jey Uso. Started off with winning the titles at Fastlane, of course, the eponymous viral press conference appearance on the post-show press conference there. A win over Sammy and KO on Raw, as well as a win 
against Austin Theory and Grayson Waller on SmackDown, it's fair to say that they are getting their money's worth out of this makeshift team. Yeah, um, I think one of the funniest things that I seen this week was a sign uh, on SmackDown, I believe it was, that creased Cody Rhodes in his way to the ring where it said, do you feel him, sir? So I was just like, that creased me as well. I was like, oh, that's really, really good. This, I, I, look, I, I talked about this team last week. Um, this is two single stars uh, parading around with the undisputed tag team titles. Uh, which Jey Uso held for the longest period of time with his brother. Um, I don't personally see the point in this, other than to give to uh, long-standing individuals who carried, one who carried uh, the Bloodline segment for a, a, a super long period of time, and one who carried himself just back into the company off his own hard work and, um, you know, his successes outside of WWE and a little bit of a redemption story for Cody Rhodes. But these aren't singles titles. Like, they should be rewarded with, with singles titles, not the, the, the titles that remain in limbo, really. Um, again, match against Sammy and KO, the former undisputed tag team title uh, holders who lost to Judgment Day. So, I mean, who beat Jay and Jimmy, you know, to get those titles. And then winning against Austin, uh, Austin Theory and Grayson Waller, um, another double single star tag team. So that's, you know, there's, there's, Sammy and KO, two single stars, Grayson and Austin, two single stars. And it just seems to me that WWE are too focused on tag teams when this is like the very first time they've even had that focus for a long period of time. It's one of those oddball things you just mentioned it, calling back to last week's previous episode of putting two single stars together who basically. Ended up, you could argue, dominated Judgment Day in their win at Fastlane in a lot of parts there. A more so cohesive tag team in a Damian Priest as well as a Finn Balor who had been together and had some cohesion, had some tag team matches before. But these two guys thrown together because they are over like Rover and Single Stars. They all powers combined much like a Captain Planet. And overcome all obstacles and all evils and win the tag team championships. It's a weird thing. It's one of those I've noticed, and especially when they were introduced on Raw and SmackDown, that they once again are the undisputed tag team champions. They are not both the Raw and the SmackDown tag team championship holders. It's the final holdover from the previous era now that. The titles have been renamed in a sort, and I'm talking about the SmackDown and Raw Women's Championship as well. But yeah, it's one of those weird things. I mean, I'm digging the vibes. You can definitely tell they have some chemistry, and I think they're fun to watch. They're fun to watch, Michael. Um, but it's it's a play on still, what are we trying to do? What We're figuring out what we want to do, sort of in a holding pattern with the tag team division and tag team titles would you say that's fair yeah um 
I, I'd more so kind of pivot that to being we're in a holding pattern for Cody and Jay more so than anything. We're giving them these titles so that they are relevant. Sorry, they remain relevant while they do get some fewer reps on TV. Um, I, I guess is what we could we could say because we are putting a bigger uh, point on the Intercontinental title uh, at this point in time on Raw, and we're also talking more about uh, Bobby Lashers and his his sort of group with the LWO. Like, there's there's a couple of feuds that are sort of begging for TV time that we should be putting our our, our time and energy to on Raw. And then with the bloodline stuff and even uh the increasing heat of my boy LA Knight. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, we gotta we gotta have those boys, you know, have take their time. We saw a really, really good segment with Roman Reigns this week. Um and most of us because just LA Knight was there. Um so I, I feel like this is sort of holding pattern for Jay and Cody. And it's mainly to sort of give them relevancy without having them out in the uh, the public eye so much. Quite interesting notion. Uh, let me pivot here slightly. I know that you are self-admitted large, huge Cody Rhodes fan, and you yes. and I definitely dig us some uh, some Jey Uso. He's definitely just his character yes. worked it off the charts. Uh, in terms of the team itself, and I mentioned to it uh, just briefly earlier, uh, they definitely have some sort of chemistry and kind of vibage together. Are you liking this tag team in isolation? Like, I don't know. If I if I had to think about it in isolation, I don't know if I can like it, because my whole point to what I previously said there was, you know, this this is keeping them relevant while not giving them much TV time, I'm not going to be getting too much out of my two favorite baby faces right now. Well, two of my three favorite baby faces. Um, I really do like Jay. I think Jay is so, so meme worthy. I think he's a fantastic wrestler and his, his charisma is off the charts. He's great. Cody is just over so hard. Um, he has people singing his entire theme, even whenever he's not actually, you know, coming to the ring to, you know, to to deal with anything. Um, so it's one of those things that I like the two individuals that make up this team in isolation, but I don't know if I can marry that in my head to appreciate them as a tag team whenever I have my own sort of belief as to why they're even a championship worthy tag team if we start to see these two uh push over actual tag teams then that's when i'll start to be like boys we need to we need to abandon ship we need to get rid of this um because there no good can come of turning single stars in, into a tag team and leaving it like that especially especially when you have these two single stars. I think I'm understanding your point in regard to them as a tag team. I think it's quite interesting. If I think I enjoy them as a pair, maybe a little bit more so than a tag team, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. and I and I talked about, you know, just even that press conference appearance. 
them just playing off of one another. You can tell that they are friends and they're friendly with another. And they, you know, even though they might come from two different backgrounds or something, they both come from wrestling families. So they kind of get it and they definitely vibe with each other. So as a pair, I dig it. And maybe, yeah, to your point, the tag team thing is a little bit interesting, but in agreeance, it's have them give them something now because we're trying to figure out sort of that and everything else as well. I mean, yeah, I would I would go so far as to agree there. Um, it's probably also a sort of tie-in uh, to the upcoming war games that we're hopefully going to get for Survivor Series at the end of November um, to have Jay being on the side of, uh, of Cody and the possibility of this Judgment Day merger with the Bloodline um, and with that whole prospective feud who could be the fifth man for the the, the baby faces side well, it might be la blooming night um of course it is um but it, it's definitely one of those that it's probably going to be more of a talking point like oh look jay is a tag team champion again without you jimmy you know blah blah blah, blah. so i don't know it's it's means to be seen i'm glad they're 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 having championship wins i suppose but um yeah this one isn't for me unfortunately um that, that stings because you know my boy cody is is going to be the next uh world heavyweight championship soon let me pose this to you you mentioned survivor series at the end of november we got one more pay-per-view from the wwe before that crown jewel uh who maybe do you see challenging the combination of Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso at that one-off show, and perhaps how long do you see them holding these titles? Interesting. Um, I'd probably see if we're going to have um, a match we'll talk about later. Uh, if we're going to have that match, then I reckon we'll have Solo and Jimmy, and we'll do a bit of a lead-in to Survivor Series um, at Crown Jewel. Uh, as we talked about before, they are slowly becoming slightly more canon, um, but with actual good matches and nobody asking for Yokozuna anymore. So if we can if we can have that sort of thing, then fair enough. If we're going completely off canon, I don't know, maybe um maybe the LWO. Okay, fair play. Do you see them holding on to these titles long long term? If at all, maybe like uh, you know, months perhaps? I don't see the merit in having them lose these titles before Royal Rumble. Uh, if we've given the titles to them, they have to at least hold them until the Rumble um, so that we can do individual setups for Elimination Chamber and WrestleMania. Fair play. Yeah, okay, interesting. Yeah, so we can sow some seeds, perhaps, or there could be some things possibly after a... War Games Survivor Series maybe into the Royal Rumble, uh, perhaps. Yeah. Um, to counter your uh, response, if we're going canon Crown Jewel, I can see your point of a solo and a Jimmy t- tag team defense. Uh, if we're going non-canon Saudi Arabia show, uh, just popped in my mind. Let's do a DIY versus Cody and Jey Uso. If it's uh, if it's just one off, doesn't mean anything. So fair enough. Yeah, that would be good, considering DIY are back together, even though, you know, we thought we'd never see DIY back together ever again. We got it, certainly. And one last note here, that combo move, 
I guess I'm calling the one Cody. Uh, it's just a cool combo, but Cody, for the love of Jesus, please be careful. Those that landing on Raw and SmackDown is looking quite, uh, quite concerning, shall we say? So let's maybe clean yeah, it up a little bit if we train. can. We want we want to see you stay in ring. Hmm. Definitely. You know, for your own flipping safety, mate. Just kindly tone it down a little bit. <laughs> A little bit. Maybe uh, bring the... Jay brings the person closer to Cody, perhaps. I don't know. We'll see. It possibly. Be that as it may, Cody Rhodes and Jay Usar are quite the hot team this week. Lots of appearances. Lots of over. Brad reaction. They're loving them. We'll see kind of how it goes. Let us know down in the comment section below on YouTube or hit us up on Twitter, Instagram. Let us know what you are thinking and your impressions of Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso as seemingly the top tag team in WWE. Next on the docket, WWE going all in for NXT. So quite interesting this past week on NXT, we were loading up for bear. I ended up uh, watching the episode itself. Was not a special episode. It wasn't like a Halloween Havoc. It wasn't like a Great American Bat. It wasn't one any like a No Mercy. That was a pay-per-view I think the NXT had like two weeks ago. This was just your run-of-the-mill, ran seemingly random episode of NXT. Some of the highlights here, and they were loading up with people. Cody Rhodes making an appearance. Apparently he was the guest GM. Uh, we also had an appearance from Dominic and Rhea of Judgment Day. John Cena coming in couple of appearances in the segments he was seconding or managing shall we say the uh for the main event of Carmelo Hayes Oscar made an appearance taken on Roxanne Perez Paul Heyman was also there he seconded Braun Breaker Jade Cargill made a little appearance ski and as well the Undertaker we went literally all in on that if I can use some nomenclature Joker because they half advertise some people they try to leave a surprise or two was this something that will all these guests interest you at all to even entertain the notion of you checking out this seemingly random episode of nxt no not at all because i didn't care because i knew it was just a parade of big names just to pop a rating this was a stupid grab at ratings that as soon as I watched the the AEW press conference and heard that we're having this title Tuesday because of TK's birthday, um, I knew that we're we're well, we're gonna pop a rating, brother, you know? So it it's definitely to combat the uh move for that week's uh, dynamite. That's what it was for. That's why it happened. Both companies did really well in the ratings, um, as far as I am led to believe. Um, personally, I, I mean, The Undertaker is just some guy that does his, you know, one dead man show now. I don't care about The Undertaker. I don't think. Is he doing a one man comedy show? What's going on with this? I've heard, I've heard of this. I don't know anything about he, it. He tells stories of his times on the road. So okay. it's. Okay. I honestly thought it was him doing stand up, and that is what I would pay to watch. Hundred percent. It's, it's just it's just him doing like telling stories uh, about his time on the road, which is fair enough. The man has 
loads of stories. I'm sure he's been in the business for a long, long, long time. Um, but I, I didn't care that he was in this match uh, or in this on this seemingly uh, random show and sort of gave a blessing to Carmelo Hayes. Like I'm sure he loved it. Like getting to meet the Undertaker as a wrestler would be blooming amazing. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I saw pictures with a uh, with a whole bunch of people you know want to talk to the Undertaker, um, and you know talking to Paul Heyman and whatnot. I'm like that is amazing, but it didn't try and tempt me in to watching the show because there were better storylines which I want to pay attention to on the main shows. I feel like it would be disingenuous for me personally to go in and watch a random episode of NXT and be like, well, that was, that was terrible. Like, what was the point in that? I'm put it down and further cement my idea of it not being good. I'm just not a fan of this version of NXT, PT. I like the black and gold. I faded out with 2.0. I've stopped watching since the 2.0 um, sort of uh, Adam Cole uh, feud with Karrion Cross at that time. Like, that's when I started to fade out. So, no, I didn't care that they wanted to march some of these boys back in. Didn't pop me for a rating. But if it popped people, um, then, you know, did its job. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Myself, likewise, uh, when it was the black and gold style, yeah, I used to it be in my watching rotation for sure. I think I just, whatever it was, the, sort of the stories, but it was the characters, you know, your your Finn Balors, your your Shinsuke's, your KOs, and then on to the sort of sort of next half generation with the Johnny Garganos and Tommaso Ciampa's Shana and Alistair Black. Alistair, yep, Shayna Baszler, like all these kind of guys. And then, yeah, when it's sort of uh, Undisputed Era, you know, just those guys mm. were just giving out the gaff. When it transitioned to a 2.0 is when I kind of, just shortly before that, I think I ended up just sort of not having it in my rotation anymore so uh but yeah it was one of those where i think i was curious so i kind of checked it out for the purposes of this show and it was one of those where much like sort of we talked about non-canon sort of the saudi arabia crown jewel this was sort of just a sort kind of one-off like uh we tried to put a like a story or two in there but this was yeah this was just kind of putting our stories on soft hold for just one week and then i'm presumably we'll get back to it so be that as it may you mentioned the ratings and people interest the show itself actually did pretty decent i made note here nxt had a total audience of 921,000 and a score of a 0 0.30 rating in the 1849 year old demographic the one that usually looks at Juxtaposed with AEW had a total audience of 609,000 and a score of uh, 0.26 rating in the same 18 to 49 year old demographic. Shout outs to Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics for those numbers. So at the end of the day, we had, you know, a combined, what, 1.5 million people. Either they're flipping back and forth or people checking it out. To be fair, you didn't count as a viewer. I, per se, didn't count as a viewer because uh, I don't know about other folks. I just can't seem to watch live because of so many commercial breaks. I think it breaks up the rhythm for me. I ended up, I've tried to watch it. They, like, an example of Raw was 
They'd start the show, maybe 10, 15 minute segment, boom, go to commercial, come back, we do an entrance. Uh, we get four and a half minutes of the show, go break to another commercial for another two and a half minutes, come back. We'd maybe get four minutes of wrestling, go to another commercial. I just, it kills my vibe and the thing. I don't know about you. I completely agree, dude. I, I actually have grown to really dislike picture in picture advertising so much so that I now skip the picture in picture advertising, even though there's a match. Cause I just can't, I can't concentrate on it. Yeah, sure. It's probably like, you know, something wrong with me there, but I just can't concentrate on it. I want to hear the commentary. So, most of the time, there is the ability to watch it without watching the um the picture in picture advertising, and I'd prefer that. But yeah, I I can't nor could I ever watch live. I know I've tried uh, before um, when I had real trouble sleeping, and it'd be it'd be easy for me to watch at like one a.m. But then, like you said, ten minutes in, and we're starting our first ad break. And then five minutes after that, we're starting another one while we get ready for the actual match. Heaven forbid we have more than one match because that would just interrupt the half hour of uh, ad rolls there too. Yeah, but getting back to the actual point, um, the 609,000 for AEW, like, that's, that's amazing considering... And, you know, let, let's face it, they're not rolling out big names from their past just to pop a rating. Yeah, sure, you can argue oh, Edge is there, or, or sorry, sorry, Adam Copeland. Um, Christian Cage is there. Sure, they've got former WWE stars there. But they're not marching them out intentionally and having them rub elbows with their newest stars. They're having matches with their newest stars, which is, you know, really, really good. Uh, whereas Undertaker's just out there to throw a choke slam or two, probably. Um, John Cena was out there to clearly do two or three of his five or six moves of doom. Um, and Paul Heyman was out there to be like, yes, yes, I am Paul Heyman. So it's just one of those things. I think that AEW did better out of this uh, than WWE because NXT wouldn't have hit that number if it wasn't for the aforementioned stars. We'll get to uh, the AEW portion in the next segment in just a few minutes. But yeah, I think it's one of those where, I mean, a lot of folks checked out wrestling on a Tuesday, which doesn't always happen. We had two different philosophies go with the two companies. Uh, so, you know, for folks to check it out and, uh, you know, whatever this thing with radio... Let me let me pose this question to you here. So ratings are a bit of a weird thing. I think the the weird nature of sort of wrestling social media and wrestling Twitter, I guess for lack of a term, has this sort of infatuation. It's probably stemmed from the dirt sheets about ratings, like, oh, they did this number and this these these thresholds and these milestones, and for example, and I mean, I don't know about you, but like I I don't know if I sort of subscribe to that notion, the sort of hyper-competitive type of thing that a certain section of wrestling fans and wrestling social media kind of does. I mean, I'm not concerned with it. Doesn't I don't kind of care for it. I don't sort of, quote-unquote, re report or uh, journalize on it to, to an extent. I don't know if it's because I don't follow certain people or I'm not invested in maybe certain circles, but I is it... 
you, you know, we, we enjoy some of the similar things, but we enjoy different things as well. Is this something that you've noticed or observed in other types of media? Maybe like uh, television shows, you know, maybe going on on the same night on different channels or different nights, maybe sports games or one over the other, or like a movie box office number or like a video game uh, unit sold thing. Is this, is this something that you've seen or heard? Or, I, I mean, I don't know. Help, help me out here. It, it's not something that I, I personally would see too often because I don't really watch TV. I watch, I, I do go on the internet, internet and watch things on YouTube, on, on Twitch, on other streaming platforms um for entertainment i listen to music and watch movies and stuff like that there but all on the internet like i don't you know i don't really care too much about watching it because again ad breaks i'm not a big fan of ad breaks i don't want to watch live tv when they've got advertisements and i could just watch the streamed version on disney plus or something uh hashtag not sponsored um so i mean we're 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 talking about something that could benefit the other um that's going on at the same time and my biggest sort of uh reference to that would be the barbie and oppenheimer movies recently that both came out on the same day right and it was called barbenheimer because uh, you know that whole day was like go and see barbie then go see oppenheimer no oppenheimer then and, and they buoyed each other there was a lot of free advertising done for each of those uh movies because of the other movie, like because they were so juxtaposed in their modus operandi as to what they wanted to get done with their movies. Um, so it, it, that's about the, the closest thing to this AEW, WWE sort of, they helped each other. Like WWE are clearly doing something. Well, I know that AEW is currently on, so I'm going to have that on as well or instead of because... I don't care about that or I don't care about this. Oh, wait, hang on. John Cena's back on, you know, and we've just heard that John Cena will get called back to Hollywood once the, the writer's strike is over. And that's a done thing. Like they can just bring him back because he has to go back to work. So I want to see the last thing that John Cena does. Oh, I haven't seen Undertaker in a while. You know, these, these sorts of things. Um, so that, that's, that's the closest thing that I can make to uh, a sort of, um, a sort of guess as to, what these things sort of do but i don't see why people hate on it um and a lot of people hate on it and internet wrestling community is a toxic cesspool of hatred and and you know i don't know why you hate wrestling whenever you are part of the wrestling community on the internet but you all hate wrestling uh so maybe find another hobby but um yeah they are so savage with just tearing AEW down. It's like, wow, you couldn't even, you know, pop this rating on Tuesday. La 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 la. It's like, yeah, but you had to bring out some retired superstars and and some guys who haven't wrestled here and you know and all this here just so you could pop that rating. So yeah, it's it's just a cesspool of infighting and hatred for wrestling, and I feel like getting lost in the numbers for ratings. Um just sort of annoys me. Maybe it's to the section of fans or the people that enjoy one thing over the other to, to point to this, this uh, thing that I like did more or did better at this one point moment in time 
than uh, the, the thing that maybe I don't like as much or something. So at the end of the day, alternatives are good. Competition is good. If we had just one flavor, then, you know, everybody would get sick of it. So, I mean, it, it's, it's cool like that. I mean, folks are checking out wrestling. It is what it is. So I, that's a fair point in terms of the uh, a pseudo comparison with uh, two films. Okay, that sort of reminded me, but... Yeah, I just, it's maybe not for me. I don't understand it. You know, I'm of the, I'm, and here come the torches and, and pitchforks. You know, you can, you can like something without being negative or crapping on something else that's also in the same sphere or in another sphere. So I, I just, I mean, I don't understand that behavior. You know, it is what it is. Some people are all for it. I just, it's maybe not for me, but yeah. But be that as it may, we're also getting another head to head upcoming. Uh, pulled some information here. Uh, the next head-to-head between a WWE and an AEW program will happen November 17. Collision is moved to Friday at 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, meaning there will be a live three-hour block from the Forum in Los Angeles with Rampage at 10 to 11 p.m. Eastern. So the first two hours will go against SmackDown on Fox. Also of note here, AEW can't air its program in its normal time slot because the Full Gear pay-per-view event will be taking place the next day on November 18th. So we're getting a Civil Saturday pay-per-view. And we talked about that last week, like what they would do with the Saturday pay-per-view, and it looks like that's that's their answer. We're moving it to Friday, which fair enough. Like that is kind of what we thought they might do. Um, but you, you did say that last week, I believe. So yeah, I mean that that's something that they they have to be uh they have to be prepared for i think that the forum in la is actually one of the better venues for an aew crowd if this was to happen in i don't know in chicago it might not go down as well um if it was to happen in new york probably wouldn't if it was to happen uh was happening anywhere i think other than la forum then uh i think this probably wouldn't um we wouldn't do so well. It's it's gonna pull a bigger rating, I think, on the Friday. Uh, personally, uh, if if we're doing the go home show the day before, uh, their their pay per view. Yeah, sometimes, and I found out traditionally Fridays, uh, just television wise, aren't the greatest in terms of ratings because folks sometimes are have a propensity to to go out, and this is of course pre and post pandemic eras. To, you know, go out with some friends on a Friday night or something of that nature. This is why also like Saturday, sometimes you put a show and, and a Friday night at eight o'clock, you're like, oh, I don't, you're not setting it up for success traditionally. So uh, we'll yeah. beg to be seen. And then also note here, there will also be another head to head. Looks like the next week on November 25 with Collision going against Survivor Series and on no, excuse me, December 9 with Collision going against NXT Deadline from Bridge uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut. So quite interesting there. Um, collision going against collision going against Survivor Series is not going to do well. Um, that's going to be bad. But the NXT one, it might be okay. Yeah, maybe. Uh, let me. We'll wind down the segment here. What are your thoughts on overlapping shows? Do you, if you know that maybe two programs are going to be on either on the same time or relatively close, you know, maybe have some overlapping thing. Do you? sometimes choose one or the other do you end up watching both what's maybe your flavor i choose one over the other um i choose the one that i'm more invested in at that period of time and then i watch the other one straight after 
um because i have that luxury with wrestling um i tend to start with the show that i that currently has the hot hand um so it's basically the last few weeks has been smackdown before uh collision or rampage or anything like that there clearly before collision because the collisions on a saturday night um <laughs> duh. uh but it's typically SmackDown before Rampage. And it's typically, if I don't get to watch on a Tuesday, um, I would end up um, being busy. It's it's sort of dynamite before Raw on a Thursday. Sometimes I might not have the time on a Wednesday to watch, uh, to watch it. But yeah, it, it really does depend on who is the more interesting product at that point in time. The last few weeks, it has actually been WWE before AEW, but um, there was a period of time there leading up to uh, All In, where it was definitely AEW before uh, WWE, because it just wasn't anything that I really cared about. And especially whenever the Bloodline stuff just really didn't want to die, uh, it was AEW before WWE, because I knew I had to go in and watch um two hours of roman reigns going acknowledge me acknowledge me acknowledge me i am tribal roman chief so quite interesting I, I like your answer maybe it's a little bit more dynamic of what's maybe the hot hand is the sort of priority and then but you both you check out both anyway so okay fair play all right yeah and i mean for argumentative purposes i end up watching uh all the products as much as i can for of course for the show as well so uh to be informed so okay well it's quite interesting uh, definitely the, you know, different philosophies when it comes to a sort of rivalry of sorts. We haven't had something like this for quite some time, but be that as it may, WWE just go in for broke, apparently and seemingly on a random episode of NXT on a Tuesday. Was that a response to another show that we'll talk about in a moment? Maybe seems like it was, but be that as it may, let us know down in the comment section below. On YouTube, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram. Let us know if you checked out or you wanted to see this episode of NXT, if it helped at all, uh, if you end up watching live and perhaps is ratings something you even think about or care about. Let us know down in the comments below. All right, switching gears here next on the docket, AEW Dynamite Title Tuesday recap. Tried to continue the alliteration, couldn't find a T word, so I went with recap. Um, but yes, this was on a Tuesday a little bit different. Uh, this was preemptive because of the Major League Baseball playoffs happening on Wednesday, so they shifted to Tuesday. Uh, but this was also Tony Khan's birthday extravaganza. So we ended up getting a loaded card here. Just go through it very, very briefly. Eddie Kingston retains over Minoru Suzuki in a Dynamite buy-in pre-show for a episode of Dynamite. Quite interesting, a half hour before the show started. We also got a 10-minute overrun. Hmm, scratches chin. But onto the show proper, it would, Brian Danielson became the number one contender for Christian's TNT title over Swerve Strickland. Subsequently, Christian Cage retains with an assist from Ricky Starks on Collision. Orange Cassidy becomes the... New and two-time international champion with a win over Ray Phoenix. Karoshida becomes the new AEW women's champion over Soraya. 
We have Adam Copeland, the rated R superstar in the main event, winning over Luchasaurus in his first AEW match. Quite an eventful dynamite for sure. Uh, what were your impressions or thoughts just from that episode of Dynamite? It was fine. It was legitimately like that. I didn't see it as a mind-blowing episode of, of Dynamite. I wasn't like, I wasn't blown away by it, but equally I wasn't disappointed by it. I knew what I was getting going in uh, with um, Edge Adam Copeland uh, being in that main event. Uh, I gotta love that uh, new newcomer coming in and squashing the established star. You know, way, way to put the rookie over right there. Way to, way to put that rookie over, Luchasaurus. Good job, buddy. Um, uh, got a couple of different things that I was just like sort of surprised by. Uh, Hikari Shida becoming the woman's champion again. Um, nothing against Hikari Shida, but this is her third time. She's a three times champion. champion. Why? What? 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 What's? What's the whole? What was the deal with Soraya? Like, why aren't we not? Can I throw a conspiracy theory in here? You you go right ahead. All in London, Karushita walked in huh. as champion in a four-way. As a here's a here's a conspiracy theory. It's based on nothing, by the way. Just a uh, little <laughs> uh, PT thoughts. You blow quick. our minds, PT. Hashtag PT thoughts. When maybe TK brought Soraya in, maybe it was something like that. You know, uh, I feel like a title run is in your future, and we didn't want to give it to you right away course uh, because that probably bring you a lot of heat ski but maybe this was an apropos time in her home country at all in london to perhaps you know as a make good be like you know what Uh, maybe i was i said or i felt like i wanted to put the title on you so here's a you know good ovation in front of your hometown crowd but then okay so we to be fair i did honor the request and i did uh, the promise there again this is uh this is all speculative and this is hashtag pt thoughts uh, we're going to, you know, we'll put the belt back on Karshida. It's a two-month reign. I don't like it. It's stupid and it reeks. I, I'm not saying your, your, your conspiracy theory is stupid. I'm just saying that the, the decision, regardless, to give her a two-and-a-half-ish month reign was narrow-minded, short-sighted, and reeks more of TK's inability to book long-term the women's division. Um, in terms of storyline, uh, I think that Hikari Shida is a wonderful champion. She is fantastic, uh, in the ring. Um, but I probably would have given Soraya a little bit more time to deal with, um, the Tony Storm psychosis, uh, storyline. Like they just kind of went, okay, love, you go and do whatever you want. But it would have been great to see Tony Storm come back around and beat the ever-loving tar out of Soraya and for to have a feud and then for maybe Soraya to, uh, you know, beat her back to her senses kind of thing. You know, something like this, you know, building a story and reason for being makes more sense than, oh, well... I said I would give you a championship, but oh, two months is up, so now it's time to hop a tier to that thing. This isn't the TNT title, TK. 
stop it, buddy. You're trying to fix that title, but guess what? You can do more than one thing at a time. I do it all the time. It's called multitasking. I'm not very good at it, but I still attempt to do it. Um, yeah. So that that's 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 my main gripe with this thing. Um, and the other thing that I was I'm not so much griped about, but intrigued was Orange Cassidy winning over Ray Phoenix. Now, if you've been paying attention to Orange Cassidy, he has been lamenting the fact that he does not have a title. He's also been a little bit annoyed that people are, you know, talking about titles and, you know, declaring number one contendership for titles. And he never really got his rematch. So this is the rematch. And then he won. And then he became sort of obsessed, which I liked, because it reminded me of Tommaso Ciampa with Goldie back in today uh of uh, of the black and gold and he just kind of took the belt and sort of walked off with it and the the fanfare i think somebody pointed it out uh on twitter I forget who it was um that in his original uh international intercontinental intersea championship because he won it before it was the all atlantic the inter- international that's the one uh, he he celebrated with orange, pa- uh, like paper confetti, kind of going. Yeah, that's the word. I don't know. Rain's slowly shutting down today, PT, and um, big hug in the middle of the ring with the best friends. And here he's just like gold confetti, and he walks off by himself. And like, Ooh. so we're getting some some sort of cool pseudo heel-ish obsessive angle with orange, and I'm kind of here for it. So that sort of tipped the scales either way for me on this, which led it to a bit of neutrality. I'll capitalize on the last point you made there in terms of Orange Cassidy winning and becoming a two-time international champion. Here I have a little backstage note. According to Fightful Select, Tony Khan originally had plans to put the title back on Moxley on this week's episode of Dynamite. The reason for this is because Phoenix is dealing with visa issues. It will keep him off of TV for the foreseeable future. When AEW officials learned early Tuesday afternoon that Moxley was not going to be cleared to compete, the decision was made to put the title on Cassidy. So, a little bit of a piece there. Uh, but I think that was a fair observation, for sure. The, definitely the substantial run that Orange Cassidy had with the international title. You and I both commented on that it leaped Frog significantly, the TNT title, as the number two behind the world title and honestly some folks were possibly thinking if we were having a little bit more of a brand split with dynamite and collision that we'd have the aw world championship on dynamite and potentially elevating the international to be a significantly maybe the the number one belt on the collision so i mean we were working towards we putting in work there was certainly more defenses than the world title that's a booking decision we were having phenomenal matches as well with Orange Cassidy and a lot of folks. I mean, we were getting tons of defenses. So absolutely, TK holds Orange Cassidy in high regard. I recall even him putting him over in a press conference, him being one of the most dependable hands and just one of the huge assets that AEW has. So for sure, I mean, it's a tough accident, tough hand for Mox. You know, you can never plan or hope for accidents or injuries for sure. Send him all the best regards to John Moxley. It was great to see him at Wrestle Dream being able to be on commentary and seemingly in good spirits. 
you know, but we had a pivot back to Cassidy. So that not to say that that's a make good, maybe like my conspiracy theory with Soraya, but it definitely shows he has the confidence, Tony Khan, that is in is in the booking as well as a person to help carry the company in an orange Cassidy. You say that's fair point? I would say that's very fair, yeah. Um, I, we've talked about Orange Cassidy's reign, like you mentioned there, uh, with nothing but glowing uh, responses for it. Um, I would, I'd be, you know, I'm the, I'm the same. I lament the fact that we didn't get to see too much of John Moxley, um, put on the shelf, relative, you know, first first match out, and then you know, two three matches down the line, the guy who the guy who um, beat him is is now got visa issues. Uh, so it, it it really seems like there's a lot sort of trying to derail this. Um, it is a real mixed bag for AEW because they have all of these different people from different parts of the world. People fly from Japan, people fly from the UK, people fly from Mexico, uh, etc. Other countries are also included in that clearly. But um, these are the ones where the stars have the most issue uh, getting back into the country or working in that country. See Pac, who, you know, wasn't was, really able to be part of it. I was literally about to say, like, I can't even remember the last time we see we had or seen yeah. a match from Pac. Yeah, uh, it's literally him and just traveling and things like that there. It, it's it's insane. It's it's one of those one of those things that you hate to see um he he clearly has something completely different i don't know i wouldn't want to say that yeah it's 100 percent visa for him as well but his is just you know he wants to maintain his his home in the uk like that's his prerogative um so yeah the, these visa issues anyway like i come at a really really sucky time for phoenix um but you'd 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 nearly think that this is something that AEW should put a lot more focus on whenever you're dealing with these international wrestlers. So, yeah, I'm a wee bit more annoyed that this has happened than surprised. Um, it's definitely something that maybe they should get a better handle on. Mind the accident that happened to John where he got injured accidentally in the match with Phoenix. Do you say maybe... Putting the title back on Orange Cassidy is, is a pseudo way to right the ship in a very interim sense for the international title. There's no... So, TK doesn't do well in a crisis when something is changed drastically and he can't correct it immediately. So, clearly, this is a decision born of the uh, unfortunate situation that we're going in. And it has jumped hands to two different people, which is how you can tell that TK didn't, you know, even think the plan of this. Um, so no, I think this is um, born out of a sort of opportunity. The character work of Orange Cassidy was was really really good. I don't have time to think of who to fix uh, this title to, so let's just give it back to him while we sort these two things out. These are going to take my entire focus. For uh, for this little period of time, like I think that's what it more is. Um, I think that once Moxley does get cleared and comes back, we will see a return of this match. Maybe in a few months, we'll let 
we'll let Orange Cassidy sort of rebuild this title back, um, sort of build his character around it and have a bit of fun with it. I think that would be really, really good for him, really good for AEW. And um, then once uh, once Phoenix comes back in however long it's going to take him to get back, uh, we'll, we'll maybe have another match between him and Moxley for the title. That's sort of what I was leaning towards as a uh, just... He oranges. Hey, we had we had a bit of an accident, a kerfuffle. Put it on a dependable hand in the Orange Cassidy right now, before, until we can sort things out. That's what I was leaning towards. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I just feel like he he fell into that as opposed to he immediately thought of that. Um, normally, whenever you're wanting to put it onto a wanting to put it onto a, a a solid hand, like he did in the first place, he worked towards that. Like there was the pack stuff, and it moved swiftly on to uh orange cassidy who maintained a high level of uh competition i think he more so fell into that sort of situation rather than oh yes i have a brilliant idea because to me honestly that's the way it looks um given his treatment of other mid-card quote-unquote um titles that uh, that he has and his treatment of the women's division i don't personally see this as something that tk uh really tried hard to fix fair play we'll wind down the segment with uh the titles now back on orange cassidy are you okay with that do you maybe feel yeah. like somebody else in the I moment am, or no i am perfectly fine with that literally because of the character work that cassidy has been doing this last couple of weeks if it was just given back to him and none of that had been set up prior to this match then it would be it would be sucky, and I wouldn't really have cared too much about it. Um, and I've been questioning why are we doing this, and you know, the lamenting the luck. So no, I'm I'm okay with this mainly because Orange Cassidy. Yeah, I think the first run was an indication of you can have some character work, you can have some good matches. Uh, Venable Hand, they want to change up the character slightly and pivot a little bit and give us a little bit different flavor of orange. Maybe some Tang, maybe some Orange Apple, maybe some. Orange uh, banana, who knows? I don't know. Just going on the fly. Orange. There we go, a little screwdriver. Uh, but that's I think it's I think it's good till we can sort things out. So yeah. Stacked dynamite, uh, quite interesting. So with that, let us know down in the comment section below on YouTube. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram. Let us know what your thoughts were on AEW Dynamite Title Tuesday. What your maybe favorite match on that was? What were your thoughts on the new champions? Do you think Orange Cassidy will have a strong second run? Let us know down in the comments below. All right, final topic we're going to cover here. SmackDown summation. We had a couple of sort of pivotal points. Interesting notes happened on WWE SmackDown this past Friday, the first of which Roman Reigns miraculously returned to the show. Of course, interrupting John Cena, who opened the show itself. We had Roman jaw with Cena before switching gears to the legend himself, Mr. Los Angeles Knight, coming down, seemingly standing tall, showing no fear in front of the tribal chief. Quite the interesting there. We had Jimmy try to come in with a... Bit of an attack on you there, but he ended up standing tall. So LA Knight looking strong in the same ring in front of the champion. Joker, what were your impressions when we had that LA Knight Roman Reigns face to face? 
there was a couple of pictures out there of the camera work that happened where you can see the reflection of Roman Reigns in LA Knight's glasses. That that to me was great. That 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 one picture was fantastic. I was that was Chef's case 100%. Um the way John Cena sort of laid it up, he he was about as subtle as a brick to the face. Um as as I am one to to sort of, you know, compare myself to i don't i don't beat about the bush i just sort of go right in like a right hook so it's it's one of those things that i really enjoyed his setup to bringing out la night giving the shine to his tag team partner yeah 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 he he definitely did he he was he was one of these one step away of just bo- just kind of ramming the microphone down uh roman reed so it was like here's your replacement and just you know I mean, I really enjoyed it. Um, it was it was cool to see. Uh, I mean, LA Knight's no rookie here. Okay, he's been around the block. He's been on this uh, on this whirlwind of uh, an upward trajectory because of his own charisma. So it's one of those that you look at and you you go, hmm, is this really him? Getting the rub off Roman and, and Cena, or is this just LA Knight just getting what he deserves? Um, it is going to be an inevitable. Um, it is going to be an inevitable loss for LA Knight. Like, unfortunately, we do have we do have Roman Reigns holding that title. I don't see LA Knight beating Roman Reigns anytime soon. I just don't know what way what way to think of it. So it was it was tarnished with that, I think. I was like, oh no, we're not doing this. Oh wait, I like this. Oh no, we're not doing this. Oh wait, I like this. It's like mmm. A little torn, a little bittersweet, would you say? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because even though, yeah, sure, everybody wants to see their favorites win all the time, for the sake of uh for the sake of my own insider knowledge, as it were, my own ability to sort of see past the kayfabe and be like, oh, well, we know that they're going to try and build up this this Roman Reigns legacy even higher. So that means your favorites have to lose. I thought in terms of the segment, I mean, boy, you talked about it before as well with LA Knight's sort of natural progression of being a heel to a tweener to basically a baby face that gets crazy reactions. To be fair, you can't deny that this, the crowd is into it. When his music hits, you know, it's, it's, it's GTA San Andreas starts and he comes out and it's LA Knight, you know, and the crowd reactions. I mean, they're saying his name, uh, whose game is it? LA Knight. Yeah, the whole yeah thing. I think there was even one random spot. LA Knight was the guest uh, referee in a match with Dominic on NXT, and then the oh, crowd was chanting, yeah, and he's just pointing at it, and it, you know, he's like acknowledging it without trying to take too much of the shine away from the wrestlers itself, but again, sort of from undesirable to undeniable, as a Cody Rhodes might used to say, but I think in terms of where I'm going with this is, man, way to set up and make a possible next or newer contender for a fresh matchup look strong in that moment with with a John Cena with a Roman in there you know I thought it was really good to present him in that facet 
Definitely, and I, I feel like this this is one of those contenders that we'll look at and be surprised the amount of offense we give LA Knight um, in on Roman and then have the last little bit of interference, I think. There has to be an interference loss um, for, for LA Knight. Um, and clearly we know that it's going to be Jimmy because Jimmy's just that guy at the minute who wants to, you know, be that second string quarterback. Um, so yeah, it, it's, they're kind of making that a little bit obvious and then we'll have the solo versus Jimmy eventually. And, you know, the Jimmy reuniting with his brother and, you know, all that nonsense. So it, it's, we can see where they're going. It's a nice trip to get there, especially uh, whenever you're talking about getting a, a brand new superstar in Loquacious Aloysius Night. So, all right, Mr. Joker, uh, with the face to face and the early portion of SmackDown, Roman spearing uh, LA Knight to finish off SmackDown, there was an interaction on a live event this past weekend with uh, LA Knight hitting the BFT on Mr. Roman. Once again, I'm going to return to the topic, a little callback, if you will. Crown Jewel, coming up in a couple weeks. Semi-non-canon slash semi-non-canon slash canon slash sometimes yes, sometimes no, little Saudi Arabia deal. The Saudis like to have Mr. Rome Reigns on there. Is LA Knight potentially his opponent for that show? There is the potential um, for him to be on that show, I think, with... His, um, with his sort of placement right now. Yes, he he has he has a chance, but there's also um somebody else who was you know traded to SmackDown, who also could possibly be another victim because he already has like four losses to him. What's one more? And it would just be another one that you could then add on to Crown Jewel. We'll get into that in a moment. So there is potential. Looks like we're setting that up for a possible showdown very soon. But as Joker alluded to in the second uh, big piece that happened on SmackDown, Mr. Triple H, Papa H himself, made a special appearance announcement on Smackers. We had the return of general managers with Mr. Adam Pierce residing and being the GM of Monday Night Raw, and the introduction of a Mr. Nick Aldis as the SmackDown general manager. Nice little piece there in himself introducing himself to Mr. Dominic, who was in the ring, said he's a big fan. Hold for pause of your father. I randomly took my eyes to the crowd, and there was a probably a young fan, a young lady that went, oh of the disc piece um but quite the interesting notion and i'll just get to it as well and we had the second announcement as part of this as the completion of the jay uso trade big air quotes i'll say moving to monday night raw thanks to the unofficial vice president of uh, talent relations cody rhodes unofficial unofficial not kayfabe we had kevin owens come over to smackdown so real quick uh, before I get into that piece, you're in, first of all, your thoughts and impressions of bringing a Mr. Nick Aldis into the WWE. Um, surprised. 
surprised at this. Uh, former NWA heavyweight champion, uh, former sparring partner of Master Cody Rhodes, um, has had a, a really good career. And, um, you know, the, the husband of one Mickey James. He, he's, he's still in his prime. He's a young like, guy. He is 36 years of age. Yeah. yeah. So bringing him in, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it. Cool. I thought he was going to be, I, I heard the rumors that he was going to be going to the WWE. Um, and I thought, cool, we're, we're going to get another sort of um, indie big name. Um, and have him, you know, maybe work with LA Knight at some point, and you know, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. He comes in as a GM, and I'm like, and I said to you before we started recording, like, is this all a big lead up for the in ring return of Scrap Daddy Adam Pierce? And are we gonna have the 1v1 for Raw versus SmackDown culminate in a match between? Nick Aldis, husband to Mickey James, versus Scrap Daddy Adam Pierce. Like, is that going to happen? Do you think that could happen? I wouldn't be mad. Uh, I like the character of Adam Pierce uh, to uh, switch gears a tiny bit. The notion of GMs, he's been sort of an unofficial, he's been a WWE official of sorts, a pseudo authority figure. He's been holding down. This position, uh, you know, in backstage segments and, and sort of announcements in ring and sort of on stage for probably about a year, maybe a year and a half or something like that. And I feel like they're picking the spots. It's not overdone. Folks are just like, you know, he's an official. So they're just like, hey, I want to let me go talk to Adam Pierce. Let me go to the office. Mm. He's not lording over. I think that it's real subtle and he's done a really good job. They pick their spots well. He's he's been doing it for a long longer time than that because remember he had that period of time with Sony Deville as well mm. where they were sharing the ownership of uh, of it as well and he has kind of gotten him you know his own catchphrase over of saying that's official you know I'll make it official and all this here so I mean don't don't get me wrong I I, I think the character is fantastic I, I always love seeing his interactions with Chelsea Green um, because she is clearly you know killing it right now with her character work. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things that I, I welcome this return to GMs, much like I welcome the return of factions. But it, it just kind of caught me off guard that we were bringing in Nick Aldis, who honestly looked like he could have just, you know, pancaked Dom there and then, and, you know... He looked really good in that ring. <laughs> Nick Aldis looking really sharp in that suit, looking real good, yeah, looking that, real jacked, that baby. Suit was, yeah, he was filling out that suit in all the right places, and you're just like, damn, bro, like, are, are you sure you shouldn't be, like, I don't know, running in the main event here? I think the notion of GMs, obviously it's a tried and tested true, the authority figure. Uh, I mean, at least we don't have a super heel as an authority figure. That's been run into the ground. That's as stale oh, yeah. as stale as can be, but I think it's Corbin. sort of a, you're right though, I think it's a, a quite the interesting notion of, I know that Raw and SmackDown are on two different networks and trying to be a brand split, but it's not really a brand split because we have people, I mean, we have Dominic and uh, by proxy Rhea show up on Raw, NXT and basically SmackDown, you know, type of thing. So there's no, you know, 
thing like that. I think it's sort of a catch-all to make this pseudo-rivalry between Raw and the SmackDown. It can be like things for the Royal Rumbles, for potential Survivor Series, things of that nature. A little bit of a pseudo-rivalry, sort of a catch-all, if you will. Um, and a potential uh, falling piece, uh, a little to blame. Like, oh, it's the GM's fault or something like that. So I think it's maybe more so a story element, per se, than maybe like any sort of official designation, I think. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I think that that's cool. Like, it just kind of in my mind, it sort of started sparking things for, you know, if we do have an in-ring possibility for Aldis, then he could definitely work that angle really well. Like, he could start interfering, you know, as the perception may hold to to some uh to some people and they could go after him they could attack him only for him to defend himself make a make a match with you know with him versus them and blah 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 um which would have real good connotations for a sort of baby face like uh gm for once uh who's willing to go to bat for themselves who can just sort of go into the ring and take out uh take out any frustrations with their their clientele um and i suppose you could just kind of uh, just suppose that with a uh, scrap daddy who would would literally make things official and and sort of have no animosity with other people so i can i can see that sort of friction uh being built with with uh, nick aldis and i think that might be the better route there, especially because you have got all of these egos uh, in in SmackDown. Like I feel like the egos are higher uh, and hotter on SmackDown than on Raw. Everybody else on Raw seems more approachable and easy to sort of understand what their character's meant to be doing, whereas, you know, you have people who... You know, you got LA Knight, you got Roman Reigns, you got Jimmy Uso, things like that there. So he he could butt heads with these people and he could take them down too. Quite the cavalcade of characters, as one might say. Uh, but to the one last notion, as we mentioned it, of course, uh, Kevin Owens is the final portion of the announcement there. Traded to SmackDown to complete the Jay Uso trade. I Quite interesting because Kevin and... Sammy had the match with Cody and Jay on Raw, and at the end, Cody and Jay won. We had the show of respect. We had that little bit of acknowledgement with KO and Jay saying, you know, kind of like you're okay. But in my mind, I was like, did are we subtly planting the seeds of the, of dissension against KO and his friend Cody Rhodes because Cody Rhodes inadvertently. You know, unofficially, the uh, executive and vice president of WWE helped with all his political sway to bring Jey Uso to Raw to help him return to the company, return to WWE. But by proxy, because of that, KO is now on SmackDown because of a, of a Cody slash Jay situation, separated from his friend Sammy. Are we planting seeds to potentially slow heel turn? Maybe, you know, eventually... KO gets uh, upset and then uh, turns on Cody. Nah, I feel I feel like that would be too surreptitious for for uh, KO to even bother trying to do. He 
he has this current character going where he has a long memory. He remembers when you do dumb stuff and he just won't take that. Like he just doesn't he just doesn't deal with that sort of idiocy really. I love the fact that KO watches the show and remembers things. That's yeah, one of my favorite parts. He, he is he is just the biggest mark for the WWE product, honestly. Um, and he's the only one that remembers. <laughs> he's, he's the only one that remembers these things. Um, if I feel like uh, there wouldn't be much to a Cody versus KO um, fight, whilst Cody has the tag titles, and then for what reason do they fight then? I feel like if Cody had a singles title, there would be merit to that, and it would be there would be point there. Um, they could yes have a disagreement over Jay and try to figure it out in the ring. But my main issue with this is we just got rid of KO and Sami. So now they're back to being a single star. So they go away for an extended period of time after losing the titles, come back, have a match, and split them up with nary a bother because they're both single stars anyway, so we're just going to do it. Yeah. Nah. We're splitting up nah. teams, brother. We're splitting up the Usos. We're splitting up uh, the KO show. So, like, I don't, I don't hate the idea of breaking this up. Give me reasons. You gave me a reason to bring them together, like this, you know, this friendship. It's like you don't have to be friends. It's like, well, well, how am I meant to tag with someone who's not my friend? It's like you know, we're brothers, and I love you, you know, and I kiss, and it's like, okay, cool. We had that rebuilding of Sammy and KO, a storied telling of how they, you know, they have fought on the indies, they fought in NXT, they fought on the main roster. And now we're just like, oh, by the way, KO's here and Sammy's not. I mean, the, to that point, we had that makeup in March slash April, and now it's already October. It's the middle of October. So, I mean, that was quite a bit of a run. We had six, six and change months. Just don't don't feel like that this was the correct move. All right, real quick, one final point on this. If it wasn't KO, who would you thought to bring over from Raw? Good question. Um, I honestly have no one specifically, but if we're doing the sort of breakup of uh, of individuals, I probably would have brought over one of Imperium. Um, just just because uh, I would have liked Vinci, uh, to come over and he could have uh, you know, taken taken some of that action. Um, I just we don't need a mean star on SmackDown, is what I'm saying. We need more of that mid card ish kind of deal. And I get that. Oh yeah, but we had a main event Jey Uso level person come to Raw. I get, I get. I can see behind the eyes, PT. Just you calm yourself, there, buddy. We don't give them the leverage. All right. We have Nickel just get a an inferior star for the trade, so then he can levy some more influence to get a second star. That's when you bring in somebody else. So it's like. 
it created absolutely nothing for me. Like this, this idea of a trade that is that was going to happen had some connotation of okay, cool, we're going to do something spicy here. Who's it going to be? Oh, it's Ko. Ko is going to go into a feud with Roman Reigns yet again and lose for the fifth time. It is not going to be a fun match. It's going to be a boring match, and I don't see why he's there. With the notion of just looking at the raw roster, right? The the Cody and Jay are in a, in a prominent spot. You have the same in KO or different people. You can't bring Gunther over, and by proxy, Imperium folks, you know, type of thing. Uh, so yeah, I was hard pressed. Uh, I was thinking it was one of the the Force Four that I mentioned earlier. Uh, at the start, real quick. Um, but yeah, I was trying to think of who else could it have been. So, yeah, it's a tough spot. You want somebody of like if you're bringing over a main main event Jay Uso, you want to get sort of you know a, a a fair trade back. So, I mean, KO is a, is an absolutely fair person. Always kind of get over character work. Can be put into a main event feud. Can be put in a championship match. Can be put into a main event show of a weekly show, Raw or SmackDown you know, can do some character work. So, you know, I think it's very versatile and I think it was, you know, for lack of a, of a thing, a fair trade in a sense. I mean, it literally just kind of popped into my head. I really would have taken a Chad Gable over KO as well. Yeah, like so. splitting up the Alpha Academy. Um, if we're going to split things up, um, you could just bring over the Alpha Academy because they, you know, you would have had to have had, you know, get him away from Gunther. Because you know, if you're not going to pull the trigger on on Gable winning the Intercontinental Intercontinental title, give him a shot at the U.S. title. You know, put him in a trajectory for that. Like that. That's the sort of ideas that that I would be preferred to. Because yes, whenever you're talking main event Jay Uso, well, you're going to have to bring over a Roman level threat, and KO is obviously that Roman level threat, but. He's he's not gonna win, and he's already lost like four times to Roman. At least three, for sure. At, at least, least three, yeah. at least three. Yeah, like it's just ridiculous. I don't need to see KO lose to Roman again. Like anything else is preferable. Yeah, quite interesting for sure. So, lots of moves being made on SmackDown. Lots of quite interesting announcements. Getting the GMs back, some trades being completed for sure. Possible matches set up. Quite the interesting show itself. Let us know down in the comment section below on YouTube. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram. Let us know what your thoughts were on Mr. Nick Aldis coming in, being a GM. Stratum Pierce being a GM as well. KO coming over. Possible matchup between A. Roman Reigns, maybe an LA Knight, maybe a Kevin Owens, perhaps. Let us know. Your thoughts down below. All right, we're going to wind down on here. Appreciate everybody sticking around and listening and watching at this point. Joker, quite the interesting week. Uh, lots of uh, stars coming out of the woodwork, trying to show up and show out, if you will. Some announcements, lots of moves. What were your thoughts just overall on the week itself? Ups and downs. It had a really good. Uh, it had a really good sort of upside um, for both companies, um, but there were still questionable moves that were made by both companies as well. That have me sort of scratching my head 
um more so than normal and it's it's just yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna wait and see um there is potential uh like i said orange cassidy uh having this sort of uh fanatic uh build up for the title um has me intrigued um hikari shooter getting that third title reign is very interesting if not confusing um and uh yeah the uh ever wonderful la night just having that just god tier ascension like i i love it I, i i'm here for for his for his downfall his his upwards trajectory um his everything because he just has the crowd eating out of his hand at this point. Um, and yeah, definitely. I want to just return back to the fact that I really don't think we should be giving singles stars universal or unified tag titles, whatever the heck they're called these days. Um, I really just don't think we should be doing it. I mean, I'm never opposed to, uh, if I can do a little bit of a throwback, a little TNA Samoa Joe literally just holding the world, the X Division, and the tag team titles all by himself. <laughs> just get the uh, the old that picture of Triple H with every single fat type of thing. <laughs> yeah, that's not something I do. I think we we need in the modern day, especially um, especially whenever a champion like I I feel God, really sick of two belts Roman like I was just. Mm. I hated, you know, Ghost Belts Becky as well, or whatever she called herself. Uh, Becky Two Belts, that's the one. It was Ghost Belts Bailey or something. Um, she <laughs> just hate champions having more than one belt. Just stop it. Just women, stop it. Unless they're two completely separate titles, then just you know, stop it. All right. Take a notion from a good brother, Mr. Simon Miller. Would you give this week an up, a down, a golden up, or a brown down? I'll, I'll, I'll take my, my lead from positive Pete that is Simon Miller. I'll give this an up. All right. I feel like I saw that in a give, a, give this an up sign in the crowd possibly in a w show either this week or last week can't remember but it is what it is a just an eventful week hope you enjoyed some wrestling hopefully there was something that you enjoyed out of this week a lot to things to go over so appreciate everybody listening and uh watching this far appreciate you thank you for the over a thousand downloads appreciate all the uh the views and uh, the likes and everything like that helps us grow thank you so much we're gonna wind down out of here so for TF Joker. 69. Nice. Nice. And for me, Pretty Tony, we thank you for your time letting us be a part of your day. Remember, be good to yourself, be good to each other, and we will catch you next time. Peace.